Hello, I am Katrina Collier, and as part of my mission to inspire all the people that recruit people to treat people better, I bring you the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited podcast. Here, you will hear from those hiring leaders who create true partnerships with recruiters, HR, and talent acquisition because they know that it delivers a better result for the business and a better human experience. May this podcast inspire other hiring leaders to create better partnerships with their recruiters and HR. And may it inspire recruiters to create true and valuable partnerships with their hiring leaders because people make businesses succeed and people matter. So let us begin. Sue Ingram, welcome to the Hiring Partner Perspective podcast, proudly supported by the gorgeous people at WorkDrive. I am so excited to talk to you. Obviously, you're my dear friend of old, but you're also a subject ex- or an expert in this subject, I should say. Sue Ingram, tell us what you do. Obviously, I know, but share. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm a coach, an executive coach, but more than that, I train managers in how to manage other people. And I train managers on how to get extraordinary work out of perfectly ordinary people and how to have feedback conversations Mm. with people when you're telling them something that is disappointing to hear, that they don't want to hear, something like that. So it's those tough conversations. You're very good at those tough conversations because don't you have a book called Firewell? I do indeed. I have a book called Firewell, How to Fire Staff So They Say Thank You. Though, actually, I think I might retitle it, How to Have Conversations with Staff Where You Get Resignations When That's the Right Answer. (laughs) 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 Because if you have a conversation in the right way, nine times out of ten, you gain a resignation. Sometimes people will just sit there passively, even when they know they should resign, and you need to fire them. But that's more the rarity. And it's all about how you have a tough conversation and still keep good relationships with people. Yeah. I mean, what you really aim for is to fire someone and have them still recommend your firm as someone to go and work for exactly. because of the way in which they were treated. Yeah. And with respect, with an opportunity to improve, with some honesty and all that kind of thing that yeah. makes a good feeling. If you achieve that, then that is the ultimate goal, is it not? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, particularly in this transparent world we now live in, everyone can go and write a shitty review if you've left a bad taste in their mouth absolutely you want someone sitting in the pub saying they fired me but actually I'll go and work for them again yeah and I'm grateful because I've ended up here and all that sort of stuff yeah or it was the right thing I didn't realize it at the time but actually looking back now it was definitely the right thing Mm. I needed to go don't you reframe all of these conversations you call them generous conversations I do I call them generous conversations because when you go in to say to someone I want you to be happy and successful in your job role if it's in the job role you've got now whoopee and sometimes you can reignite people to their current job role Mm. it might be another job role in the company which is great but if if you can't give them that happiness fulfillment and success because there's nothing that suits them, then they need to leave. And then that's the generous conversation because it's going to cost me. Well, no, it's not going to cost you. Um, Because to have someone sitting in a job role that they're not suited for, that they have no talent for, that they hate, is painful, not just for them, 
but for the team around them and for you as their manager, because it will be like walking through treacle to have a conversation with them. It'll just be painful. So it's a generous comment, but you go in, somehow in our society, we've got this idea that negative feedback conversations, difficult conversations, all these kind of conversations are horrible and that they leave people in tears and all that kind of thing, which is a load of rubbish. You go in thinking, how can I help this person succeed? And if it's with me, that's great. If it's not with me, then that's also great because when they leave, they leave the post vacant for someone who's going to love it, who's going to thrive, and who's going to give me great work. That's a generous conversation. I love that. It's that mindset, isn't it? Yes. Going in. Yes. Actually, I'm doing this for the greater good. I'm coming at it from heart. This isn't. Yes. And when you go in with generosity and curiosity Mm. to speak to the person saying, hey, I want you to be happy and successful. What's going on here? How can we achieve that aim? If you go in with the generosity of heart and the curiosity, then the tone of voice is right, then the words are right, then the conversation flows, then they go away and think about it a bit and they come back and they say, actually, I think you were right. No, no, I'm not really enjoying this job. You go, oh, no, I didn't think you were. So, okay, so where do we go now? And the whole thing flows so much more easily. Comes a little less scary, doesn't it? Yes. And um, you as a manager, as a human being, as someone who wants to see people succeeding, and let's face it, we all want to succeed and we want to see people succeeding. It's much easier to have that conversation then when you go in on the basis of how can I help you succeed? Mm. And if it's not in this role, then it needs to be somewhere else. Quite interesting you're saying all of this and all I think of is your brilliant Disrupt HR talk where you were (laughs) talking about promote your managers or promote people to management and they die. (laughs) Um, But it was so few companies seem to invest in management training and leadership yes, training. Yes, because they, they invest in leadership training. And there's nothing wrong in that. You know, the top boys, they get their stuff because it is actually, and it's easy to shoot our leaders down, but it's actually quite scary being a leader up there, Absolutely. being responsible for all kinds of stuff, you know, and, and to having to think in a new way and having loads of demands placed on you. Um, but too often we promote people into management without any support and to and particularly if they're managing people who used to be their friends colleagues Mm. and that can be one of the hardest management jobs within an organization um and so you get people who want to succeed as a manager and then they're they're, they they suddenly are responsible for people who are behaving badly yeah (laughs) who are playing games with them Mm. you know i remember when i first got to management one of my ex one of my ex-colleagues' friends, suddenly bought me bums. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm assuming I, you mean bread buns, uh, not the other buns that you'd really like. <laughs> no, but, you know, well, they knew how to get to my heart, which yeah, is yeah. in factory. You know, just absolutely. So she bought me buns. And I, she'd never bought me buns before. It was like <laughs> a, an apple for the teacher. So she bought me buns. So I, I, I said, thank you. Well, what do you, what do you say? And, um, and then I'm left standing there going, why has she done this? Mm. You know, and what is she wanting from me? You know, and am I now obligated to her because she's bought me buns? You know, and the answer is no, you're not obligated to someone. You just say thank you so much and then you share the buns with loads of other people. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
Yep. So that so and and you are not on the game. That is a game. That's a game buying favor, literally. Yeah. And you do not fall for that trick. But so, how did you learn that at the time? I mean, did you just did you have someone to turn to and ask and say what's going on? (laughs) Do it on a wing and a prayer, or that's such a good question. I, well, I you and I have been around a bit. We've learned to be over the years. We've learned like, to be. I will never lead people. That's what I've learned. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I, I've, I've been a great observer of people. I've, I've, I've naturally can observe people. It's one of mm-hmm. my gifts. I can walk into a floor, a floor full of people, and yeah. I've never seen them before, and I'll point out the three difficult people for you. Yeah. I'll go, that one and that one and that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, how do you know that? And I'm going, their body language, like <laughs> clue, you know, the way that they've got their head down, they're not talking to anyone else, the, the, the sullen kind of look on their face, you know, it's kind of easy to pick it out. Mm-hmm. So, I, But I've, I've become aware over the years that I can see these things more easily than other people can. Absolutely. They've got other talents, which I haven't got, mm-hmm. but my talent is to be able to see this. So I've always had this massive curiosity about people all of my life. Mm. And I've just read books and observed, and yeah. I had the good fortune to work for a good manager in my first HR job who mm. never did anything the normal way. He did it the way that would work, yeah, which was sometimes contrary to the normal way. Yeah, yeah. So, so I had the good fortune to work for him who thought things through, and that really helped as well. And then mm. I just went on my journey. I just went on my journey and made 110 different mistakes. <laughs> I learned from designed, I learned from the job, <laughs> all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, Funny, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I know one of the things that you've learned over the years that I totally want to pick your brain about. So um, one of my gorgeous recruiter clients, he has a hiring leader who forever yeah. panics. It's like, um, oops, yes. I shouldn't say gender. This person cries wolf. Okay. Drama, so it's drama, like, drama, drama, job, drama, 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 job now, urgent, and it never is. And actually, a completely yeah. different client said to me, "You should be really wary of the loud ones because it's the quiet ones that have the urgent roles." Yeah, <laughs> and actually, really worry when they're quiet. But yeah. how do? You, because it's not, it's a difference. It's almost the opposite of what you're talking about. Here you are. You have the, the hiring manager who thinks that they're managing the recruiter, which they're not. The recruiter is actually managing the recruitment process. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily on a level. Usually the recruiter feels like they're a service to that person. They're not sitting up and partnering, which I rant on about. Anyone who's heard this podcast knows. But So there can be a power problem. But also yes, the push, how do you push power. back with this person that's panicking? Because you know really, okay. ultimately, okay. the role's okay. actually not urgent. Oh, this is a difficult one because. <laughs> of course. You've why got would, why would I bring the an easy, easy question to this and, and, and conversation? You don't want to ignore the cry wolf because the one case when they ignore the cry, cry wolf will be, be the, the one. Real, <laughs> it'll be the real urgent one, but the CEO is demanding and wanting it next week. And you're going, oh, my God. Okay. This is do not allow – he's panicked or she's mm. panicked. Mm. Do not allow that panic to infect you. Mm-hmm. People who are panicked or angry, they they have a tendency to um, ask people to join them in the anger or panic because mm-hmm. then it justifies them being angry and panicked. Yeah. And when you all when you all get angry and panicked, nothing happens. Yeah. So the the answer is quite quite odd, really. It starts with yourself. You need to stand on absolute firm ground. Mm-hmm. 
You need to know your worth, not just vaguely in your head. Know your worth. There's a couple of exercises you can do for that. One is to list everything you've achieved against the odds, all the brilliant stuff you've done, all the rabbits you've pulled out of hats, all the steady recruitment work you've achieved where, you know, you know, you list that, list it, list it, list it. It should fill pages. Go back through your diaries and absolutely go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, do you? And list it all down. It That's will cover like that evidence to the contrary, isn't it? It's the evidence isn't to the it? contrary. In a voice popped up panicking. Try, yeah, mm. they in their panic will try to get you into panic. Mm. The easiest way to get you into panic is to start is to get you to doubt your value and worth. Mm-hmm. You, you're no good as a recruiter unless you can give me this. Mm-hmm. That will be the line they will do. Mm-hmm. So list that, and it's a good idea to do that, and it's a good idea to always have my niece. She's been trained by me. and she's been, <laughs> <laughs> For those, she's been, uh, those listening to the audio, Sue just did like, uh, you know, What's it called with the power steps? Power stamps. Power, power stamps with her arms. <laughs> and, and she and she um, she's very happy in her job. Been there for oh, five years or something like that. Very happy. I got her the job actually. So yeah, well Yay. I didn't get her the job, but I anyway anyway I helped her get. Oh, the job. so did. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I said straight from the off. I said, Fran, um, every month, quick thing. Have a, have a file on your thing and write down all your achievements that month mm-hmm. because you won't remember them next month. Yeah. And when it comes to writing a CV, you have got this huge list. And she still does it Yeah. to this day. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a scrappy document, all the accomplishments. But there's something in there about knowing your worth, standing your ground. Then there's something about building relationships, trusting good relationships, with professional relationships with other hiring managers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, don't let this panicked person uh, wash the sand from under your feet. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you ha- so, and then you look at them and keep some distance away from the drama. Mm-hmm. The drama is theirs, not yeah. yours. Yeah. It's absolutely their drama. I often think of it as a firework display. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to get, I enjoy firework displays, but I don't get very close to firework displays. Yeah. It wouldn't be that crazy. You know, and the same applies to a panicked guy like this or lady like this is that um, you can almost be amused by it when you have a distance to it going, oh my God, that going off again. Yeah. This, well, isn't this interesting? And know that it's, their problem, yeah. not yours. A couple of ways I've had to deal with that or given the tool to deal with that that adds beautifully yeah. to what you've just said is to do the it's not of me or for me or picture while they're exploding that they're in a beautiful glass bell jar. Yeah. And so right. while their explosion isn't coming, it's not getting it, through it's and not reaching It's not impacting you. me. Yeah. I'm the professional here. Mm. I have done all this excellent work. All these other hiring managers think I'm brilliant because I mm. deliver and I'm trustworthy and yeah. all that kind of thing. This guy, he's or she is ill. Yeah. They have huge. Um, Probably insecurity, maybe. Yeah, they do. And the also, also um, that people behave in this way because it has in the past worked. Yeah. 
Um, I'll stamp um, my foot the loudest and therefore I'll get what I want. And Yeah. Now, if you go professional and calm and strong mm. on them, they are likely in response to that to behave even more badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're trying to fluster you. <laughs> yeah, because in, in in TA in transaction analysis, it's called scripts. Yeah, you know they come in with a script where they shout loudly. You go yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. You know, pull your pull your pull your friend. You know bow down. I go ah and get panicked equally yeah. and go rushing off and abandon every other task except for their obviously. It really head. is a shame. This is audio only because Sue's like pulling at her hair, shaking her hands. It's just brilliant. <laughs> But that, that's the script. Yeah, absolutely. And when they come in and behave in that way and expect that result and they don't get it, like you just stand there very calm. You go neutral. Go neutral. Do not add to the drama by looking by looking cross or looking annoyed. Go neutral. Neutral mm. in your face. Just neutral. And you can practice that. Um, I think I'd have the trouble of my face would probably show I was amused by their display. So I'd yeah, be in trouble. That, that, Neutral oh, is difficult with this. I know thing. you would actually because you would find it very amusing. I would find it funny, but yeah. I wouldn't have. I think before yeah. I'd done like so much work to heal my trauma, I yeah. I wouldn't have. I would have got really upset. And I know that this particular recruiter does get upset by and gets fostered by it. So this is just amazing just advice. Don't do that. It's mm. a case of know your worth, stand on your ground, stand on the fact that people are valuing you genuinely. Yeah, I um, think that would be great, wouldn't it, if every recruiter every Friday just before they left the office just spent 10 minutes writing down everything they'd achieved that week. You would be stunned mm. because our, our human brain, they've done a lot of research and they don't know why, but it appears that the human brain concentrates on what's wrong rather than what's right flight and frighten what's it called yeah that one yeah yeah and particularly when pressure's on that's yeah. where we, we go to what's wrong so we'll 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 go home on a friday night thinking of everything we haven't done or everything that didn't mm. quite go right rather than the rabbits we pulled out of the hat yeah. the fantastic work that we did that conversation that went really well the office accepted yeah, so it, it's it's a fantastic exercise just to remind yourself of the truth, mm. of the truth, and yeah. Oh, I was going to give you my second doozy question. Oh, go for it. I, yeah. I mean, I totally saved these up for you. <laughs> you are the expert at dealing with this stuff so um I got thrown a curveball actually. Uh, gorgeous Lithuanian recruiter. Uh, I've done some training with, and. She has this hiring manager. So she's dealing with this hiring manager for about six months. And basically this hiring manager wants what we call a unicorn in the industry. They want a bit of this person and they want a bit of that person. And so, of course, one whole person doesn't exist, right? Now, I'm old. I've been around a while. I would just literally walk in and go, I don't know what you're talking about. What you're after is ridiculous. Like, come on, can we start again? Even though it's been six months. But she's scared to feel that kind of vulnerability and that it, but it is vulnerability, isn't it? To be that open and go, it, I don't know what you're talking about. This is- I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily go, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. I'd go in and say, I've done my best. I've yeah. looked everywhere. I've asked for advice. I've done this. Mm. I've talked to other people because I have I have busted my gut to get this for you. The consensus that has come back from my own experience mm. and from the opinion of others is that you are looking for someone it does exist. occasionally exist, but it's actually very rare. 
Yeah. And what you're actually looking for appears to be, appears to be, mm. appears to be a hybrid of this and that. You are looking for complementary skills. Mm. You're looking for someone who um, can write software code and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And accountants who can do sales, <laughs> that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I have known some people to do that. <laughs> and I can think of one. And yeah. if, you, if you study personality types, they're known as creatives because they, yeah. they actually consist of opposites. Mm -hmm. But it's a very small percentile of the population that has that ability. Yeah. And they tend to be massively expensive. Exactly. My one guy, I was working in IT and banking. In the banking sector, we weren't bank. We weren't a bank, but we were in the banking sector, financial sector. Got poached off me by a bank for a phenomenal amount of money <laughs> because he was, he, a unicorn. Was, he was the unicorn. Mm. He was that absolute rarity. So I would go in and say, "I've busted my gut. I've done mm. everything. Mm. Um, I've done my hardest. I've spoken to other professionals um, about this." And it appears, you know, um, um, what they are telling me concurs with my experience. And it appears that what you're looking for only exists in very small percentage of the population. And quite frankly, in this market, we're not going to find them because yeah. if anyone's got one of those, they're, they're throwing everything at them, that, you know, they're keeping them. And you yeah. also have to think about if the role's been open six months, how business critical is it? In six yeah. months, they could have trained the skills of whatever's missing. Or what what he's done is he's found a workaround within his team, hasn't he? He's mm -hmm. found a workaround because the work is getting done. So that's when you sit down and you say, let's revisit, let's um, plan again. Um, is it one post? Is it two posts? I mean, I know and you know when I was, because uh, my background is HR, um, hiring manager come running down, I want this position, and I'd go after that position. And then two days later, they'd come down and say, I've thought about it. Actually, I've moved people in my team. Ding, 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 ding. I'm looking for that position. Go, mm. oh. And, you know, because their first immediate thing is vacancy, speak to re the recruiter. Yeah. Rather than actually think what they want. Mm. So this is where you can come in and say, okay, let's and, – and help coach them through – Mm. How? What is your need? What is the need within the team? What is it? What's the job that you need fulfilling? What's the best way of helping you get that job completed? Mm. It may be a hire, or it may be a re reorg, or something like that. See, the, I think the issue is one: recruiters aren't taught how to do that. But mostly, going back to the lack of management training or leadership training, whatever you'd like to call it that they don't know how to articulate what they really want. I always think yeah, in a chapter know. five of my book, the intake, like the most crucial part of the entire recruitment cycle. Yeah. And and actually now I think you would probably, if you if someone gave you a job requirement, you would probably say, well, hang on a minute, let's just go back a step. Because you've learned I, I, over the years. I, I would so. And because yeah. then I've got to, I've got to understand, Han, I've, I've been around the block a few times. And yeah. I look like we I've have been, been around the block a few times. She doesn't at all. 
She I do, doesn't I do. at all. So she looks significantly away, younger than she is. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I, you know. I. I've got a little bit of sort of gravitas. Gravitas. Yeah. Um, so what I'd say, okay, is that really what you want me to do, or do you want to think about it? Mm. <laughs> okay, I could go and do this now, and you'll have CVs on your desk this evening, mm. or do you want to think about it? Yeah. Because I, I, my time is extremely precious. Uh, I've got a lot on my plate. I will do it if you tell me it's important. There was a okay, so I would I would slightly change that though because some of these hiring managers wouldn't really care about your time. Yeah. I would probably say you know your time is really important, yeah. and I would be concerned you'll waste your time that this, you're interviewing people that actually you're not looking for. Yeah. I might I just think, just because I'm just very aware there. You wouldn't do that off the bat. You would do no. that when you'd proved your worth. Mm-hmm. When you had built trust, yeah, they knew that you were a valuable asset to mm-hmm. them because you'd yeah. proved yourself in the past. Therefore, they have to be a little bit more respectful of you. Mm. So it's a kind of catch twenty two thing. See, that goes back to I want them to partner. Yeah. I think I, I think there yes. are two two major things wrong with recruitment. One is we recruit on someone's ability to write a CV. Oh yes. my god, when is that ever going to end? And and secondly, we don't partner. Yes. recruiters don't partner with their HR teams and their hiring managers well yeah. enough, whether yeah. they're external or internal, yeah. to do a proper intake, to do proper everything, to push back and say, have we looked at the team? Have you considered others in the team? Have you considered internally? Actually, Jess Von Bank, who was on the previous podcast, was talking about, have we looked internally first? All this sort of stuff. There's not enough training, support. You want how, how to piss a really good employee off. Mm. Uh, have them have them be excited about a future opportunity in the business, and then have have them see that opportunity come out up and be externally filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one good person, well pissed off. Yeah. Now I'm looking for another job. Go. They don't value me here. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't. You know. They don't love me. Yeah. Um. I've made it clear for the last eighteen months. I want that type of job, and they've gone in external for it. Mm. Anyone wondering how to do that, the sponsor of this podcast, WorkDrive, plug-and-play system, very quick, very amazing. Um, Their results are that internal employees go in three times a month to look at the current jobs to see what they could aspire to, match to. And in this market, which is the worst I've seen in 19 years of my career, completely recommend it. Or, of course, other internal mobility tools in case I upset any listeners. (laughs) Yeah, and, and name me a company that doesn't state we look after our people. Your career mm. is you. We will look after your career if you come and join us. Exactly, <laughs> and so you know, it's it's just so much that you've got to walk your talk. That's how you build mm. trust. You walk your talk, yeah. and sometimes sometimes you have to put effort and co- into doing that. You have to consciously go. No, no, no. I made a yeah. promise. I will fulfil it. But actually, I think going back to your earlier advice, if we if more recruiters were to spend that, you know, like do it on a Friday, for example, so you go into the weekend on a high, really building that foundation, making sure they've got those achievements in place, really respecting what they have done, respecting themselves, believing themselves. Completely. You then they'd be far more inclined to push back. Yeah, you cannot ask someone else to respect you without you first respecting yourself. Mm. Honestly, truthfully, standing on firm ground. And you may do a review on Friday and go, oh, damn, that didn't go so well. (sighs) Okay, what's the learning? What would you do differently? How would you approach it differently? Because um, 
there's a, there's a lot in recruitment about your natural intelligence, your natural wit, your natural ability to mm-hmm. build rapport and to to work frigging hard oh, that yes. makes you successful in recruitment. If you want to really go up another level, mm. you've got to do more than just your natural ability. Absolutely, you've got to actually apply and learn mm. and do things. And, and, and review and learn and go, oh, I'm yes. disappointed by that. But I know what I'd do next time. I would yeah. do this. And I think that's mm-hmm. where you see the recruiters who invest in someone like yourself as an external coach or some or come and join my mastermind program. And it's that that self-reflection and that growth. And for anyone listening who's like, oh, well, that's all well and good, Katrina and Sue, you know, mm-hmm. Sue, Sue and I didn't start here. You know, we both tell, and and when we have our very regular dinners, we always talk about like how far we have grown because we have taken that time to invest in ourselves. Yes. To look at ourselves and learn from our mistakes, find the yes. silver linings in the trauma. And that's oh, how yes. we've built our foundation. Yes. And, I mean, we support one another in our conversations always. over a glass of wine, which is fabulous. But no, more I'm- importantly, the souffle at the end of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> It's my version of buns, people. My version of buns. exactly, which we always <laughs> say we're never get, we're not going to have. We're not going to have souffle every time we have our pistachio souffle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I have got I'm I have got two people that I well yes two people that I speak to every week yeah. who are my support group. They're Absolutely. the people I go ah I'm 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 worried about this or how do I do that? They cheer me on. They remind me of my successes. They remind me of 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 who I am and they they hold me accountable to going out and doing stuff and this is um no one does it alone mm. i tried doing it alone and i'm telling you guys one it doesn't work two you spin your wheels mm. just going round and round and round and round your own thoughts all the time which is not pleasant no. and you don't actually move forward you have to find support mm. to go forward i mean even i've hired a personal trainer why mm. because and, and it's making the most massive difference because he's supporting me in yeah. my achieving my objectives. Which and is, by the way, she has now got two bionic knees. I got them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, um, uh, yeah, and he's talking. I'm really beginning to feel that I'm going to get. I'm going to be better than I was before. Absolutely. Well, I've already seen it because you're walking so much faster. So yeah, yeah we are yeah, going to have right. that walking holiday, but apparently it has to be five star, not the version oh, I normally does. do. Going up mountains in jungles. I'm thinking, no, that's not me. That's not me at all. I like I like doing crazy stuff. What can I I say? know. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. I want I want a proper bed and a bath. I don't mind walking, I just want I always get a hot shower. I don't think I do any of these without one of those. (laughs) Oh, that's not true. Sorry, that's not true. No, I know it's not. What was that one you were talking about doing? Was it Tasmania? Tasmania or something? No, it wasn't Tasmania. It was somewhere exotic. Oh, oh I was going to do one in Papua New Guinea, but pandemic. Yeah, yeah that's one. But COVID came, mucked everything up, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Never mind. No, that was so. Sue so Ingram. Yeah. Fantastic woman of difficult conversations. Um, yeah. If people want to find out more about you, where okay. should they go? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, Sue Ingram. Converse well on LinkedIn. That's one of the best ways to stay in touch because I'm always so Sue Ingram up. Converse well. Yeah. They can obviously email me, Sue at Converse well. 
they can uh, download my 13-page workbook on how to plan a difficult conversation. Oh, uh, I didn't know you had one really of those. Good. Yeah, which is um, conversewell.com forward slash DC. You can buy my book, Farewell, available on Amazon. Buy multiple copies for all of your leaders. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I've had some – I had an HR person actually the other day saying, your book is fabulous. I've, um, she bought it about a year ago. She said, I'm actually doing what it says now and it's making the biggest difference. And I'm going, yes. Now, by the way, I assume that you don't end up firing everybody. Just no. Just like, I'm not no. buying that for my boss. I'll be fine. <laughs> no. You build, no, it, the book actually is all about how to build the relationship with somebody so that you can tell them. Yeah. And <clears throat> the same principles apply to your boss. You just have to be mm. slightly more politically aware. And also, the big thing with talk, feedback to a boss is to understand their world. Mm. Talk business. Understand their world. Find something that you can respect them for. And they're only a human being trying to mm-hmm. do a big job and probably petrified. Yeah. And I have coached. This is one thing, isn't it, Katrina? When you mm. coach people, you see the inside of people. Yeah. There was one guy I coached. His intellect was superb. His achievements were revolutionary. Mm. And he was just the most nice guy you've ever met. It's just wonderful. Yet, I, why did he hire me as a coach? Because he had doubt. Mm. And with me, confidentiality and all that kind of thing, he could go, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, no, are they going to think I'm a bit of an idiot if I do that? Mm. He had those exact things. Yeah. Because he's human and everyone's human. Yeah. So, um, so with a boss, you need to understand their world. Yeah. What are the pressures that they are under? And believe you me, they will be there. Perfect. You know? What yeah. a way to end. Sue yeah. Ingram, thank you so much for all of that. Amazing as ever. My pleasure. I love talking to you. I love talking to your guys. I love I love talking. Let's face it. <laughs> she, she's a little bit of an extrovert, the old Sue. <laughs> Thanks again, Sue. My pleasure. My pleasure, darling. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited Podcast, proudly supported by the people at WorkDrive. Hopefully you really enjoyed what you heard and have left feeling inspired. And if so, I would love your help to create real change. Please pass this podcast on to your hiring leaders and other recruiters and HR. Even share it on your social channels if you feel so inclined. But the more reach we can get, the more change we can create. So please remember to subscribe, of course, on your favorite podcast platform. And do come and say hello at Hiring Partner Perspective on Instagram, where I share behind the scenes of what's going on. Until next time, thank you. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.